0: (laughs) They think I'm crazy, but I know better. It is not
1: I who am crazy, it is I who am mad!
2: Time, everybody what a terrible intro welcome, uh, welcome everybody the internet's fourth leading pop culture show uh, on on the web in the podcast hi I'm Chris Antista. Henry Gilbert hi I'm Bob Mackey. Mm-hmm. Dan man. And we were going to have Brett here, uh, who just started thirty twenty ten Laser Time Network's latest show, uh, but he created the show, so we fired him. Oh. Uh, so he's not here right now. Is that I'm on segue? Team Brett. Is that, on, is that a good segue? <laughs> that's a good one. None that's of that's true, one. but the topic this week is creators who were fired from their own creation. Mm. Something yep. Bobby had pitched, and I just... Uh, like,
1: Brett got out of hand. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: We didn't have the same creative he just all these
2: demands. He, he wouldn't stop crying. Like The crates of Mountain Dew all over the studio was disgusting. <laughs> yeah.
1: Everything was taking longer and longer and longer. Yes. We're missing deadlines. A
2: thousand brown M&Ms to fill a brandy glass. <laughs> so Brett wouldn't go on mic that day. Uh, no, it wasn't anything like that. Uh, but I did, I did just see riff tracks at the Ooh. local Castro Ooh. Theater. I like it was it. great. Where the guys from Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, riff on... Industrial short films, which are the best. I love watching those yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, uh, Paul of Tompkins yeah. is there. Adam Savage, uh, John Hodgman. I had not seen Mary Jo Peel or Bridget, <gasps> uh, Bridget Nelson in person Whoa, ever. Oh, they, uh, you know, they were there. They awesome. were
1: both there. Cool. Um, Amazing. Yeah, it was yeah. really
0: it was really really funny. Those shorts are great because nothing is funnier than cutting through like 50s propaganda oh, dishonesty. God. Just like you are lying to everybody. Or <laughs> also
3: the 70s like just seeing 70s school teachers film a thing about like here's how you set up a classroom. Oh, yeah. God. Setting up a room like,
0: is,
1: is great. Was oh, that was in <laughs>
3: or drugs feel like this. Drugs are uh, like that. Is what like a, you like can watch
2: that. that on your own right now, and it's mm, fantastic. It is.
3: It honestly barely needs their commentary It barely.
2: It's, it's so good. Did
3: a Kickstarter come up during that? Did they, did no. They, well, I, I was wondering if they side-eyed that any during the show. So we don't
2: even know conclusively whether this counts towards uh, creators fired from their own projects. But Mystery mm. Science Theater three thousand right now is a fascinating thing to bring up because the Kickstarter is the most successful in history. MST three k is coming back. Nobody knows where, but I I have. But I'm piecing it together in my brain as a giant fan. Like, I saw a press release that I heard nobody talking about that Shout Factory, the company that releases Mystery Science Theater 3000 on DVD, bought Mystery Science Theater 3000. That's right, yeah. I go to MST3K.com, and like, under Google, it says the official website of Jim, Jim Mallon. Uh, and links back to the Kickstarter, and there's no other information there. Wow. And I just don't hear anybody talking about that. And then you mentioned something that the original Tom Servo, Josh Weinstein. Yeah.
3: So on the last day of the Kickstarter, <laughs> the original Tom Servo, Josh Weinstein, quit. He quit the show after one year because he felt he was not he was being paid like an Arby's employee. Uh, <laughs> that so he quit. And the last day of the Kickstarter, he said, I'm going to start a Kickstarter to repair my tongue from biting it all month long. Yeah. <laughs> Which, the, but there was this kind of... so. I mean, it was weird to see Joel get back in charge of it Because he was the first exit
2: Because it looks like they bought the the IP Who knew Mystery Science 2000 was an IP that could exist A purchasable
0: IP Even Prairie, Minnesota I mean, Uh, the premise is what everyone on the internet does now But uh, but the actual characters and setting and stuff That is protected I felt like a light journalist of like Well, what the
2: fuck is happening? And who's involved in this? Joel's not going to be on the show But he's writing all the Kickstarter posts But then, oh, Shout Factory purchased this I don't hear anybody talking about that uh, and Shout Factory has a channel. Like, where's it gonna go? Where's the, we don't know where it's gonna go yet. No, Shout Factory has a channel,
0: and it owns the rights to a bunch of movies. Yeah, and they put up a bunch of episodes on YouTube. Yes. Where uh, it used to be so hard to find MST3K, oh, you have yeah. to contact tape traders. But now it's like, here's ten episodes on YouTube for free, high quality. Fun, have fun. watching Just watch, watch them. it yeah. and we'll
3: take the eight cents. And for just you, viewing you're not stealing them. At <laughs> least. Just being there at Rift
2: Tracks, and it's like, it's Mike, Mike Nelson, uh, Kevin Murphy, and Bill Corbett, all of whom are replacements for the mm, original, yeah. the original yeah. casts. Uh, and it just it does I don't think I don't know if it qualifies as creators fired from their own project but it is weird to see a rift in this very nice little thing uh, that does look like there's some animosity, but they're so Midwestern
0: they'll never bring it up. That's true, but Joel Hodgson only <laughs> brought it up as late as um, when Cinematic Titanic was getting off the ground. Like, that's the first time I he heard felt that. like he should finally address what happened because it was all just like you know hush hush. Uh, yeah, we didn't get along. Something happened, but we can't talk well, about. it. Well, but... once the show
3: was over for like five years, I think that's when they. And finally... the, there's all mm-hmm. little
0: things you, like Gizmonic Institute. Just he Joel took it with him. Why? Yeah, I'm, I think that yeah. was his production company or his uh, what he was it going he, to use as his like brand it was for a while. URL. For like a week, yeah, and you'll notice that Mike does not have the Gizmonic uh, logo on his job. I mean, it's he's, when he's they a temp, switched temp, to Deep so, thirteen. Yeah, they
2: switched to Deep Thirteen, but then then it came out that like Jim Mallon, a little guy, he was what heading up a UHF station in Minneapolis. He's like a programming director, I believe, yeah. and he
0: worked on like uh, some trauma horror movies in the past, like Blood Hook, things like that. Yes, with <laughs> Kevin Murphy, with and Kevin that, Murphy. Yeah, but that
2: we're, I'm using this as a long segue, but that it the show got really popular and it turned out like there was an argument over who would direct the movie which I still can't believe exists and is awesome and Shout Factory released on a great Blu-ray that's great um, and
1: what is there to fight about directing because there's just sort of host segments kind of yeah it's, there's still well, a I whole think, regular movie I think, in there. I think that was I,
2: if you look at the, the you can finally see the deleted scenes on the Blu-ray mm-hmm. and like it's the most the show ever moved uh, the yeah. most the most direction the show ever needed is on those I Buried think, on those deleted scenes. I think
3: Jim Mallon saw it as his entree into the world, like to yes. something bigger. He's like, well, once I directed this film, I'm a movie director and I can yeah. just be hired for more movies. And I and I'd like, read about that the first time because I was a big fan.
2: It's around the same, almost the same time, the Mr. Show movie, mm-hmm. which was caught up in limbo for years. And like, right. what's the problem? And they're like, well, Troy Miller, the guy who was awesome and directed almost every segment on the show, got, he thought this is his... Shot at the studio and basically kicked Bob and David and all the writers out. Yeah, like
0: literally locked them out of locked like them editing. out of the editing yeah. of their own movie,
2: and they've yeah. never they've never been friends since. Well, I've
0: never seen that movie. My Netflix copy screwed up, you and I was much. like, I'll just I'll just back out of this. It's great. Out. It's okay. It's, it's great. Okay. It's not the right word. <laughs> I, think <it's> <laughs> I think it's great. Nope.
2: I think it's great. There's not enough sketch movies in the world. Like, in yeah. the, in that, and it's a really well, good.
0: Movie. Well, I read this
3: interview with the this is about sketch movies now, but I read this interview with the Reno 911 guys when their movie came out, the Miami one that they said. No, they were admitting Like even ours isn't great. It's like no sketch, mo- no movie based on a sketch is a great movie. A sketch group is a great movie. They're just so uneven. They said, like you even like watch. That. You even watch um, the uh, the Holy Grail, and it just takes like a it, it takes a real slump in the middle, or yeah. mm-hmm. two thirds of the way. But it's in. just
2: like watching a sketch show, like there's mm-hmm. the one sketch that kind of doesn't work for you, When you wait. It makes it more powerful when you get to the one you love.
3: Yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, I think Joel, Joel chose to leave, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like, Jim Mallon couldn't fire him because they were both co-creators of the Mm -hmm. show, but that, Joel was the only guy who had any power on there, really, all the rest were just like, I guess I'll stick around till I don't want to do this anymore, and TV's Frankel just left, and...
0: Yeah, but it seemed like they were resentful that they were never offered a piece of the show, being the creative people behind it. Because uh, like Trace, Trace, Frank, and uh, Joel, uh, Josh Weinstein all went to America's Funniest Home Videos, which is like yeah. MST3K, but like a thousand times worse. But it's like if we go there, we'll get health insurance and royalties, and we'll be we'll be you know we can pay for our lifestyle. Easier
3: job for eighteen, probably uh, multiples of ten more money they were making. Yes, yeah. off MST3K.
2: And uh, Bob Saget left a huge hole in parakeet impressions once he left. <laughs> His three oh, voices.
0: No. <laughs> I love oh, the oh, self oh, park impression. Literal...
2: I hope I don't get hit by this train. Oops, I sure did. <laughs> it's weird <laughs> they chose the
0: one guy from Full House uh, who couldn't do voices. Uh, couldn't do voices uh, <laughs> to do voices on a, America's Funniest <laughs> Videos. he later
3: did America's
0: Funniest, funniest, people. funniest people with people, Daisy Fuentes. Yeah. Which
3: is like YouTube uh, 0.1. Yeah. yeah, with a bunch of uh, prank clips. But let's <laughs> talk about a real firing. A real firing. Dan Harmon got yeah. fucking fired. This hasn't... He's actually been fired twice from Major yeah. Jobs
2: this hadn't happened a lot as far as I can... As far as we can tell, maybe more of than you creators,
3: think. like, firing actors for being pre-Madonna's happened mm-hmm. all the time, like, say, Suzanne Summers on on uh, sure. uh, uh, Three's Company, for example. But
2: showrunners and like, heads, of, uh, like creators they, they of They just things. shut
3: down the show. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, you're too difficult? Well, we've got four years of this. Go away. To but, uh, to
0: establish uh, context, uh, wasn't Dan Harmon having problems behind the scenes, not just with Chevy Chase, but with basically everybody. everyone?
3: Dan Harmon... Everybody on, on the Harmontown documentary, which is amazing, mm-hmm. everybody says two things. Dan Harmon is a genius, and that he is a crazy person, and a drunk, and a, a huge bunch of trouble. I and looked at it as a cautionary tale. They all <laughs> love it. Like, I've heard him on the commentaries for season three, which mm-hmm. is, like, recorded, I think, days before he was fired. Mm-hmm. He's talking about how, like, my girlfriend broke up with me, and I drank all the vodka while writing this episode. Oh, and man. I just dated, and they're like, oh, "Okay, Dan, cool." But then you've got Harmon. Harmon. So, from
2: our perspective, though, I love it. You can't deny the man's output.
3: He is the best. I love And I've he heard makes.
2: even his best writers be like, "I am so glad to be off that show." It's <laughs> him yeah. yeah. subtly like to not be working with the guy and.
0: The- so so the, looks like he's relaxed so if you look at Rick back, and Morty. Like
3: Dan Harmon first was fired yeah. from the Sarah Silverman program. Yeah, I think him, she
0: said there cannot be two crazy people working on this show and she was the other one. Yeah, that it was yeah. It,
3: so it was him and Rob Schrab. Dan Harmon and Rob Schrab had worked together since they did a comic book together called mm-hmm. Scud the Disposable Assassin. They moved to L.A. and sell a bunch of movies including the, uh, the strip for Monster House. Monster House.
2: That's and right, yeah. uh, they sell the pilot for, you can see here in Laser Time's uh, Heat, Vision, awesome and Jack. pilots, Heat Vision and Oh, that was Jack. them, right. Yeah. Yeah. So
3: they did do all this and then they're going to work together with Sarah Silverman to make her show in the mid-00s. The show was great by the way. It's an amazing show but working on the pilot she said that Dan was such a perfectionist as is she but Mm -hmm. they're moving in different directions and Mm -hmm. so she in her book she said it like I had to fire him so I didn't kill him. Like yeah. we we could not work together, and it's her show and I ultimately. Yeah, I don't think. He and gets she a... ended up divorcing creatively, basically Dan and Rob. Like yeah. they didn't work together for a number of years. They're, they there seemed to be friends Co- now. No, he yeah. did a
2: bunch of. Rob did a bunch of the new season of Community. Yeah,
3: yeah, and so. But he was. A, so, I love that
2: though. I god, I meant to get clips of this. Sorry guys, our computers and, and stuff are not up to snuff right now.
3: So Harmon got fired from that. Mm-hmm. Then he creates community and wants it to be one thing and it just it gets more and more up its ass with the stuff he loves which I loved it for that too it's a
2: fascinating first season to watch
3: yeah to see it (laughs) change and, molt, yes. and molten mm-hmm. and
2: and reference its reference its own changes like yeah. <laughs> this was not working but
3: dan Harmon's a guy who hates hates executives and mm-hmm. loves fighting with them and also loves talking shit about them in public and and then he uh, and to mix that with a show that's not that successful like, yes
2: you know. yes i think that was the, if the show was like a breakaway hit mm-hmm. uh he probably would have lasted a little longer and i hate the the, thing, the straw that broke the camel's back sucks
0: because this is what we have a clip of. Yeah,
2: it's him on his show Harmontown playing a clip of Chevy Chase yelling at him.
3: That was a voicemail, yeah. a private voicemail sent to him by Chevy, and him and Chevy hated each other. Chevy was a total
2: dick about it the whole time. I hate yeah. sitcoms; the writing is awful. Yeah, it's like why, my character should be cool.
3: Like, why Dude, is my yeah. character an idiot? You're welcome for everything. That's in the, the world. yeah. That was well. Let's hear that clip. So, but also, it's, Dana Harmon played it at Harmontown saying. Everybody be cool and don't release this. I just want to share it with the people in this room. It's
1: a bad yeah. move, dude. Say, that's a party foul.
2: Didn't <laughs> <laughs> give us a script to begin with, so nobody, to begin with so nobody knew what the, the fuck, fuck was going on.
3: Wow, <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a uh, and, worse and, worse,
0: so <laughs> <laughs> well, and he's in Cops and Robbersons. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so one fuck Chevy Chase. This is the
2: best thing he's ever done. Like, yeah, the, the thing that will in the test in of time. Well, in the last 30, the best years. Thing, and, and thirty years, that was the straw that broke the camel's back because he upset the talent. The one person's yeah. name mm-hmm. that ever,
3: like the entire the world really knew on the show. Person on the show, and who would quit a year later. Well, he would be fired a year later. What he? So the guys who take it over are two guys who are just like I don't want to call happy it endings? hacks because they're they worked on Happy Endings. They also worked on Just Shoot Me. But they're the kind of guys you hired are just like, you can make a fine sitcom mm-hmm. and have no problems. But Chevy Chase was still a piece of shit, and who the straw that apparently broke the camel's back was he said the N-word on set. Now he's <laughs> But he <laughs> said it as saying uh. out of anger, he wasn't calling someone that he mm-hmm. said. What are you doing to my character? You're making me so racist. Next thing you know, you're going to have him say... Err. And yes. that made uh, every other actor uncomfortable, and they wouldn't come to set if he was there. And mm. so that's wow. why, before Harmon even came back on, the last episode of season four mm-hmm. very awkwardly graduates Chevy Chase's character off the show. And then murders him. And, well, <laughs> that was Harmon. Harmon killed him off. So then... Harmon, who recognized in a million interviews, saying, like, this never happened. You fire somebody, no one hires them back. Mm-hmm. But the story was that Joel McHale went to bat for him yeah. and said, I'm the star of the show. The show shouldn't exist if Dan Harmon's not going to write I think write somebody it, put so... it as,
2: as, like, I'm the star of the show, and I will probably star in more shows for you. Yeah. Uh, please give me this one request. So I'm for a Dan handsome Harman. white
3: man who's kind
2: of so funny. Not you know? only is this, is this um, almost unprecedented of a creator being fired from his own project, him being hired back.
3: Yes. Yeah, ne- that, that never, never happens. Yeah. That never happens. But if you want to see, the Harmontown movie is also about how shitty a dude he it's is. The in uh, between, the it's in-between
2: It's But it's Boop. the in-between time. Oh, Jesus.
3: It's, it's the in-between time for him, but it's also when he goes, like, uh, what's the... He's going on tour with his girlfriend, mm-hmm. or fiance, who would then become his wife and then quickly his ex-wife. <laughs> uh, but it's also him... In it, he has to write two scripts. He's like, I owe two pilot scripts, but uh, I'm not writing them right now when I should be, and I'm not going to. And then it's just watching him procrastinate on screen, and and give excuses to Fox executives when we're phone. seeing it on screen. Like, yeah. no, you're not fucking doing it, Armin. You're lying. <laughs> but I know, I
2: I? I I know the plight of that as a writer. Like, the pressure of something being due is kind of the only thing that makes me finish something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll I'll create like the ear and the nose and the toe of a of a human hmm. being, and I won't fully form it until I absolutely have to. But
1: why is he documenting this?
3: I was—he's a—he's also a very self-destructive person, yes. as seen by why he got fired too. Like, but, yeah. a person who has self-preservation would never have played I that sup- sound play. I that suppose, clip. I suppose, but of him and with Chevy never would have. Played. I admire
2: pretty, his yeah. commitment to being an entertainer. Like, he never doesn't feel lucky. To be, uh, to be in front of people and be something that people are worth feel worthy of giving their time to, and that's always apparent in everything he does. And I think that's why he tries a little harder. Well,
3: for lit, I mean, as a podcaster, mm-hmm. that's who he is. He's somebody who like lights himself on fire to entertain his podcasters, no, the, the, like dredge up all of, personal things of the
2: writing room of like the constant rewrites and like uh, I'll just handle all of this and harmonizing a script, harmonizing mm-hmm. a script. Like he was, he absolutely had that reputation. I think. Yeah. Um, so
3: it was also funny to hear the reverse of that situation happened on the Rick and Morty commentaries. Mm -hmm. They joke about it, but that Harmon ends up having mentions multiple times that he had to be the calming influence on Roiland. (laughs) Oh man. Like Justin Roiland was the guy who he's like, he, the the biggest example, he said like, all right, calm down boss. We need to do (laughs) that. Like that. I I think that maybe makes it work better that Harmon has somebody who might be more of a mess than him creatively. And he has to straighten up to
0: fix him. Now he's some self-reflection. Like I, I yeah. could have been oh, this, or I was this. That's
1: what it looks like. Yeah. Oh. Oh, man, this is how perhaps, people
0: see me. Yeah. Have I had that? that
2: yeah.
1: is wonder- so I I think we're we're establishing a theme already. Mm-hmm. Difficult to work with. Wants to do everything themselves. Oh, Control sure. freak. Mm-hmm. Talks mm-hmm. out of school. Yeah. Backsasses the money.
2: Yeah, you're backsassing but, the money. Oh, but man. we care because we make
3: great art. Yeah. Though, yeah. Too. yeah. Including uh, I want to move on to Wait hold on We'll oh, do that in a second Okay right. I, Did
2: anybody have We'll save that for the break that, that's, Oh sure yeah um, I've got a huge well, there's,
3: <laughs> there's a million comic book ones To mention uh, I,
2: Did anybody know it Like I was a huge fan Of the West Wing And Sports Night I and didn't the, know he was fired he was oh, yeah. fired off yeah he was fired off his own show uh, Aaron Sorkin mm-hmm. and who who knows if eleven? He's I just read he's getting his directorial uh, debut I don't know why that took can't so wait long You not to
3: see older white men it'll, millennials it'll just activity. it'll have to
2: be filmed in all GoPros attached to the chest of people walking in hallways <laughs> uh, so what was he uh, fired for I, I, I do not know about this I don't honestly know I don't think he know, was a very productive guy but again, for TV schedule but if you look I don't see that in a lot of other shows it's like written by this person teleplay by Sorkin which means
3: he, he rewrote it he so had to rewrite every
2: single script and I can't imagine that was happening in a timely fashion yeah. well I read this
3: I read this article about how it's this interesting it's this interesting um, separation with showrunners always rewrite yes. but it's it's seen as wrong to put your name to make yes. it clear that you rewrote it because uh, it, there was this interview with it was David Milch Uh, creator, showrunner of a bunch of shows but most importantly Deadwood Mm -hmm. least importantly John from Cincinnati oh Uh, boy I like that show it's fine the internet is big uh, but also Matt (laughs) Weiner or Matt Weiner (laughs) Weiner Matt Weiner and uh, uh, Breaking Bad Guy
1: uh, Vince Gilligan Vince Gilligan Gilligan.
3: so it's all three of them and Matt Weiner talked about how he was putting his name on things when Mm -hmm. he rewrote them Mm -hmm. and The other guys are like, sometimes I wanted to do that too because David Milch rewrites every single thing all Mm -hmm. the time. But they say like, yeah, but I want to help the guys coming up. I want to help the writers coming up. And if you take their name off of it, it, it yeah, I don't think it helps anybody So I think Sorkin though Was of the same mind of like I wrote this shit I want my name his, on his,
2: his name He had a written by credit On almost every script Including ones that had Definitive writer credits So hmm. what was
3: the big change When he left Was that when Jimmy Smits came on Well I know whatever? Rob Lowe Had
2: quit and I yes, think yes. And again If I had to speculate That I have to imagine That has something To do with it Back when Rob Lowe Was a big star Slumming it on television yeah. He'd never be in a movie again Now he <laughs> just is a TV On a TV star, show yeah. Every three weeks
3: I want to watch that gr- I've heard good things About The Grinder, Actually The gr- well, then what
2: What is the thing YouTube keeps advertising To me about the Apocalyptic NBC movie With Rob Lowe in it Sorry I, That's oh,
3: neither oh, yeah. here nor there I don't know about that That's neither here isn't nor there he a boarding again Or something Rob Lowe I don't, know I, don't know I saw him say some Mildly conservative
1: things I tell you what yeah, Why don't He's headed to the right, but whatever. Let's head
2: into break. Is there, like, musical, uh, I was going to say musical combinations, like, I'm fucking
0: Ed Sullivan.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Dave sent us the example of Black Sabbath Black fired Sabbath. Ozzy Osbourne oh, yeah. for
0: being too, too, too crazy. Too Ozzy. Too crazy
3: for Black Sabbath? Yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was, yeah, I think I think I saw the same thing. Uh, Lemmy, the mm-hmm. uh, musician, died recently. the he he was apparently thrown out for being like too too druggy for this for a band as well. Like you party too hard for this rock and roll band. We don't want to die. I but. mean
2: I, I think the second someone considers it their job <laughs> being a musician but you still consider it being a job to be a rock star, well, I can see how conflict would come into play. So, I would like to do this for another 10 years.
3: I have a musical example though too that? one that you know Chris very huh. well. Julie Taymor was fired from Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, <laughs> that, that is, and she sued them over it.
2: That is the best train wreck I am so proud to have seen. Oh, wow, it, you saw it. Wow. I,
3: dude, we paid, One of its last shows. We or were or at
2: something. New York. I was working New York Comic Con, and I'm like, I told my girlfriend, just go pick us up uh, in Times Square, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, uh, Broadway tickets.
0: Do you have $1,000.
2: And she came back, and she got the tickets, and then she started crying. Oh because I didn't have any idea how much the tickets were going to oh, be. Jesus I just assumed, she, I think she paid like, it was over $200. Ooh, and I'm like, oh don't yeah. worry about it. I'll get everything else for the rest. And I go in, like, yeah, I'll have two drinks, please. And they don't ask you. And they come in, the stupid Spider Man tumblers I have up there and now I can't throw away. But it was two drinks were $60. Oh I my God. Because they came with Boy. the commemorative cups, which are made of plastic. Yes. Um, oh, which are made of plastic and have bullshit. sippy cup labels but do contain vodka. Uh, but are oh. themed after a Green Goblin and Spider-Man I bought both of those Sixty dollars <mumbling>
3: Sixty dollars man well, And wall
2: to wall It's this beautiful Beautiful uh, uh, Broadway hall With tacky fucking T-shirts t- 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 everywhere I gotta pay everywhere. for All those injuries though You know <laughs> it-, it is. It is so expensive It was hilarious to see We did a whole Cape crisis about my experience with the show, if you want to going look.
3: song by song, song yeah, by classic song, classic episode of Cape Crisis. Turn off the dork. Turn the off that
2: the that
1: makes so. it a business expense. So
3: Julie Taymor. <laughs> it did. So it Julie Taymor did. was a very important like a Broadway director. I think her most famous thing was the Lion King production. Lion Definitely. King. She did. Mm. She did Titus with Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, really uh, good movie. I like. Across the Universe. And so they yeah. Across the movie, Universe. Still. Do not like it. Mm. It's it's great background when you work at a video store and just want to hear Beatles songs. But anyway, so then she was. Uh, along with all the other high-profile hires of Bono and Edge, The Mm -hmm. Edge, writing the music, she was going to produce the Spider-Man musical, which was going to be this amazing stunt fest Mm -hmm. of rock opera insanity. Mm -hmm. And there were a ton of, ton of problems with it. Near deaths, people Mm -hmm. getting hurt all the time.
2: I saw saw it, and I'm like, I'm watching this, and I'm like, this is the most hilarious cornball musical horseshit I've ever seen. And then Spider-Man would run up behind me on the balcony and just jump over the balcony and dive into the lower deck. Oh, wow. And oh, swing wow. around and get in a fight with a human being I've seen circulate It doesn't compare to the acrobatics I saw here. And you can completely see why people would get hurt. But
3: Julie Taymor was, she was fired yeah. during production because it was a fiasco beyond compare. <laughs> it was being <laughs> talked about just because it was a mess. Mm-hmm. Like, it, well,
2: it's, it's a mess because it's the stupidest Fucking story I've ever. We were already sick of Spider-Man's origin stories. Sometimes, Mary, jo, like nobody
3: wanted to see that again. Well, they oh built,
2: man, I'm bouncing off the walls.
3: Well, they even they by huge songs by you too. They very built Ar- expensive. They built that Arachnia character. Yes, to just like with this incredible, like expensive. Outfit. They never used her. Like she got written out of most of it. It became a green guy. My my favorite
2: facts: uh, Macho Man Randy Savage plays Bonesaw in the Spider-Man, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Do you know who plays it on the stage production? (laughs) No. Anybody want to guess? Not you, Hank. What? Who plays Macho Man Randy Savage's wrestler character? One guess, Diana. Kevin Meaney. Mm, sorry, it's a balloon. A balloon. <laughs> right. Does anybody oh. want to guess who plays the lizard in in uh, a one musical
1: number?
0: I guess Bob.
2: Is, is it a inflated garbage bag? It is. Bob. It is. <laughs> it is an inflated garbage bag. So like, there's all, there's all these like I what? hanging acrobatics, and then like there's one scene where like the Sinister Six comes out, arguably some of the most important Spider-Man villains, and they're all like above board Halloween costumes oh, and like pumpkin patch. Uh, inflatable outfits with little hats on them
3: It was hysterical oh, So they Lord. fired Tamor and hired somebody else And then she sued them Because she said that she was fired wrongly Just so she could take the blame Of like oh we fired Julie Tamor Because she was fucking this up And now that she's been fired we're going to fix this show When she, she says no You guys fucked this up and I couldn't fix it
2: I, I've i never had an experience Like seeing Spider-Man turn off the dark Where about half About 50% of it douche chills the entire time <laughs> yeah. this is embarrassing why is spider-man singing a song about getting good grades uh
0: like <laughs> adults, he, are, i sing? bought
2: alcohol here there are adults here
0: how does he sing through the mask though um he, it's well, just his mouth just like weird making weird shapes that's against that's, that's the cool part. Po- like juxtaposed
2: with that are things that literally took my breath away and i'm holding my heart i'm like oh my god don't <laughs> don't do that acrobatic because there are like seven people all over this arena playing spider-man so he'll swing across the arena and another I think there's like eight Spider Men in all. Oh, wow. Like hanging throughout this entire arena. And it's oh, cool. very all that's no, an
3: amazing joke on unbreakable Kenny Schmidt. The breath. climactic
2: <laughs> performance is is falling down a building that they make to scale and it is beautiful. It's like it's something you've never seen before. it. I think it deserves to be seen in some cornball place like Vegas with a bunch of the story edited out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that fuck that. We'll go to break. Wait a minute. This should be the <laughs>
0: biggest book of Broadway filiators, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Along some with cheaper w- Creepers.
3: Some guy wrote a <laughs> whole book on the production of it. He was one yeah. of the songwriters. You or, can see
0: yeah. you can see the disastrous
2: portion on the stage, like and, and just I, uh, yeah. It's, I think I say in the podcast we did a couple times. It's like an in- intro songs are ready and cued. To last forever in case something breaks. So there's like mm. the beginning of like U2's New Year's Day, and it played for about four minutes until guys in black suits came out and reconfigured the wires, and the audience <laughs> was cracking up. This is, mm. this is just during its normal production, which uh, I think it had the biggest preview like 180 mm. days of preview before yeah. and then two more and years. Then, like
1: they pulled it and yeah. took a song out and put a song in. And,
2: just you know. craziness. And it just unnecessary too god damn anybody who likes musical theater I feel bad for cause I, I see coming soon Shrek the musical I'm like this wasn't this an art form at some point like this is a really it's bad idea very
3: expensive to do any yeah. of it now like Broadway pretty much only counts on a famous like oh you've heard of this before they'll buy tickets like, yeah.
2: well I'm gonna, we're gonna close out this segment with my a legitimately good YouTube for, uh, song from that production, of "Turn Off the Dark," uh, and then we will go into some more, including I believe Bob is gonna. Oh man, I uh, cannot wait to talk it's about. Ren and the part Snippy. I was
0: born to play, baby.
2: We'll be right back with more creators fired from their own productions. And-
3: Dan Harmon. What time is it? It's laser time.
0: It's a god-awful small affair.
2: Hello, everybody. How is it going? Um, man, what a bunch of shitty news today. You hear about David Bowie? Uh, yeah, that, that's a real big bummer, is it not? Um, I don't know about you, but uh, I hate that we only think about people like him like this when they're dead, but I can't... He was like the Sinatra or Elvis of our, maybe even your parents' generation. David Bowie was the fucking shit. So to honor him, uh, we're canceling Follow That Bird as our Monday Night Movie this week. It'll be, of course, Labyrinth. Long live the Goblin King. Dance the Magic Dance, all that jazz. Uh, and we'll be doing it free for all, so you do not have to be a patron to, uh, to watch the movie along with us. You can join us at 6 o'clock. Find your own copy of the movie, sync up with us, comment along, chime in. We're all going to have a great time together. Labyrinth, uh, that'll be 6 o'clock tonight. If you missed the archive, it'll be an MP3 commentary for our Patreons or our YouTube video. You can watch it at your leisure uh, with everyone else. Uh, speaking of Patreon, patreon.com slash time, Just last year launched Talking Simpsons, a show I know a lot of you like. A chronological breakdown of every single episode of The Simpsons. Uh, the first 13 episodes of the first season are there at on Patreon, exclusively for patrons who help make the show uh, a reality. But we just launched this week, or last week, uh, 302010. It's our brand new show, hosted by Brett Elston, Diana Goodman, uh, sometimes myself, occasionally Hank. Who knows? We're going to have special guests in store. But this is a pop culture breakdown show that goes from uh, this this week in history, from 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. So if I, I meant to, I actually meant to open up this whole segment with what do uh, Seinfeld the office and a Tommy Lee Jones driving a water powered supercar have in common it would be 302010 Looking at the pop culture landscape from in ten year chunks, it's really fucking cool, and I'm really proud of how it came out and I want you guys to listen to it. And you can do that at LaserTimepodcast.com, where as always we'll have a bunch of fun articles for you all week, including a brand new top seven. We're gonna be doing our, our video game streams again this week, so check that out on uh, youtube.com slash lasertime network. Uh, thank you so much guys. R.I.P. David Bowie.
1: It's about to be ripped again. As I Oh, that's all Say, Lord, it's in the dance hall Oh, man, look at those cavemen go It's a freak
2: of Play show Players Time, second segment
3: All aboard,
1: let's go
2: Welcome back, everybody. I would be remiss if I didn't send a Dave sent along notes of a uh, Paul so Heyman. Everyone, that this Tuesday night, the Big Show's rematch
3: clause is being invoked.
2: <laughs> God damn it, Dave! And it will not be an extreme elimination chamber. He's crying during this. won't be legal. The ECW World Title will be on the line. Is he really crying? Anything? Yeah. Bobby Lashley will have to defend the championship against the most dominant athlete in history, the seven-foot-tall,
0: 500-pound This is on Dave's direction. I don't know you're, where it it, but...
3: This is going to go for a while. Why, why, Honestly,
0: why is there a sci-fi channel bug in the middle <laughs> of the corner of that screen? It's wrestling. That's, uh, where, that's wait, where it aired, Bobby. Wait, gonna, I get it. They're
1: going to have to fight the world's greatest athlete, Jim Thorpe, all-American? <laughs> that's
3: that's, uh, that's uh, the look,
2: tragic story about a lot of wrestling, but... Uh, I didn't
3: want to talk much about wrestling, but yeah, it's... dudes. Paul Heyman, I guess, is the biggest creator that got fired from. Yes, creator
2: of ECW gets bought out by WWE at some mm-hmm. point and, and
3: just, told to be put in charge of ECW. Mm-hmm. Then can't do anything because Vince is really in charge. And then they do a thing that Vince wanted to do, and it was a huge failure. And then mm-hmm. they. They fired Paul Heyman for failing at the thing that Vince made him do. Well,
2: Dave also sent along this clip. Someone fired from their own creation.
1: Please don't be more wrestling. Finest creation, the Macintosh,
2: a year earlier, Ah. and I just turned thirty, and then I got fired. (laughs) Steve Jobs fired from Apple and fired from living.
3: Have you seen those those Steve Jobs movies? i have not done well because they're no.
1: bullshit. Who wanted
3: to see
2: those? No, I
1: actually yeah, the second one with was, Michael B. Sure the one written by Aaron Sorkin. I actually really like. Oh, I'm sure, cool. it's great because it, right. it, it posts him as like yeah, he's good at dumb stuff. He's bad at other stuff, and he's a really bad person in a lot of ways.
2: Mm. Well, a good a shrewd businessman.
1: Well, no. Is it a good business move to constantly tell your daughter, "I'm not your biological father," even after tests prove you are? <laughs> yeah, It's not no. so nice. I mean, if yeah, it's your daughter in China. Yeah, don't say that to an China. eight-year-old. <laughs> no. What is gained by I'm sure not sure how one makes stock options off of little girl's tears? Yeah. There probably He'd is find way. a way. Yeah. yeah.
3: And then, meanwhile, uh, I had one recently of a very successful show. Mm-hmm. That the word creator is lightly used here, but so Frank Darabont. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, oh uh, yeah. He,
3: I guess his most famous thing was um, uh, the Stephen King, adaptations? You know, Stephen King adaptations, *Shawshank Redemption*, Shawshank *Green
2: Mile*, uh, mm-hmm. *The Atlantis*. And Atlantis? so he
3: was hired to, sh- to shepherd a little comic book called *The Walking Dead* on a television so, and he so weird he think- was the main creative force behind the original first season mm-hmm. and the pilot is the great. pilot is a movie directed by him I will yeah, say yeah. the
0: pilot is all you need to watch of the walking dead that's all i've seen <laughs> that's all i ever want to see I, it's all
3: downhill for the me. where I, it's weird to think
2: 6 years ago like i thought the walking dead comic was like the best thing across every form of entertainment so, and the show came out and like, this looks really good.
3: So Darabon had constant problems, not just with AMC, but mm-hmm. also with the creator of the comic, mm-hmm. Robert Kirkman, getting more and more involved in the show. Then we go to Comic-Con of the year after it premiered, and he... Kind of talks shit about AMC not giving him the money he wanted and he, it being a success mm-hmm. in spite of AMC. Right. And he does
1: in the money. And Remember he does we talked a victory
3: lap around the meeting like the, the hall where they're mm-hmm. doing it. And then like within a week he is fired and he is gone from the show and they hire mm-hmm. what would be their second of like five yeah. T V uh, showrunners. So you wonder if the show showrunners runners, if the showrunner it's AMC not liking them or if it is Robert Kirkman who has the power of being I created the show so I'm always I created the comic I'm always going to be involved and he just constantly is butting heads with people who are TV producers maybe he just mm-hmm. wishes he was the I, I did
2: see it. the interesting thing somebody pointed about that whole production that, that Walking Dead came about it came about expensive and extravagant and really compelling television yeah. visually mm-hmm. like the look was on the screen mm-hmm. I like that and then the complaint was they only got to make that show because Mad Men and Breaking Bad were such a breakout successes for the network. It's AMC for fuck's sake. I don't want to go off on what cable channels used to be, but they were all <laughs> reruns of movies with commercials in them. And they started making original programming somewhat recently. But both of those shows, Mad Men and Breaking Bad, are owned by other studios. And so they kept commanding more money. And But at the end of the day, the budget for AMC's original television, everything had to be cut from Walking Dead. Yeah. Like, they had to take all the cuts, whereas Sony and Lionsgate got to make all the demands for more money, and they had to give it to them because those sorts were previously established. Is that
0: why Breaking Bad was doing weird half-seasons? Like, we'll yeah. do eight now and eight well, later? That well, that was also
3: because they agreed, like, okay, we signed a contract for a seventh season, mm. but if they make a seventh season two parts, mm-hmm. then really you're getting an eighth season, but contractually you're well, not Well, and also set up
2: that I, I can't stand. it as someone... I, I don't love The Walking Dead show, I don't watch no. it, but it's... The advertising its the mid-season finale. Like, is that what
3: we're calling that? It <laughs> is. Like what we're all calling. television shows that. Just have that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, Frank Darabont got fired, but he also isn't taking it lightly. Like he's sued AMC. Mm-hmm. They're still in the middle of a lawsuit. Oh wow! Also because he, he, traditionally in the world of television, if you create a show and they make a spin-off. Oh, you get mu- you get part of that money. Mm-hmm. You're always going to be an executive I've producer. I've never heard of that before. And they're trying to not give him the money. Cause That's like crazy. Well, you didn't create was, Walking Dead. There was that so article recently
2: about, like, if you direct the pilot of a show and it goes to series... Oh, yeah, you're the creator.
3: Well, you, you'll never not get
2: money yeah. uh, for well, that show.
3: Directing a pilot, of a, at least live-action-wise, directing a pilot is no small feat. It's not like I'm you just show it, up, it, like...
2: But it, but it is you are for hire. Yes you're not shepherding the project like through. Jim you didn't Burrows write anything. Does
3: that all the time? Like, yeah. yeah, or whoever is that the guy who did Friends? He is. Well, he directed the first episode of Eight Million Shows, but mm-hmm. he got started on uh, on Cheers, mm-hmm. and then like the first six episodes of News Radio are directed by Jim Burrows. Mm-hmm. They talk about it on the commentary how. Jim Burroughs was great, and he let them learn how to be a team. And then every director they hired for the second season was garbage, mm. and they had to restart again. It's crazy. Season. But yeah, so Darabont, want, you know, he's still in the middle of suing them mm-hmm. over it after getting fired for it. But mm. as long as we're talking about comic books, I'd like to get into a couple here. <laughs> uh-huh, we're
2: gonna make Bob oh, wait. I'm stewing. <laughs> <So> oh, <laughs> I, would, I had
1: I, a segue already.
2: Oh, right, Let's try sorry. them both, Diana. What was your segue?
1: Oh, I was going to say that you mentioned getting locked out of an editing room mm-hmm. uh, with the Mr. Show movie. Mm-hmm. That's happened a lot of times. Yeah, sure. And there's one in particular I can think of that resulted in a full-page ad in Variety that said merely, Brazil? When will you release my movie, Brazil? Oh.
0: Yeah. Hey, Variety me, used to be like me the message credit. board for people in the industry. Oh, it totally like is. <laughs> the Flame Wars. Because
3: it's an industry magazine The same as it. like... This is a magazine that's only for doctors. It was the same as for this is a magazine only for Hollywood dudes. And Terry Gilliam is a difficult man, yeah, but he's also but he's also a genius.
2: He's also fucking brilliant.
3: I always
1: yeah, he has a very specific vision.
2: Brazil might be in my top ten favorite movies ever. There's this
3: quote from Eric Idle that says his version. Eric, Eric Idle says. Uh, he's only been in one Terry Gilliam solo film and not Monty Python Terry Gilliam film. Mm-hmm. I believe it was Munchausen. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And he
3: says that um, he was bad. Ev- he says battled. he hated he hated filming. And he says everybody should see a Terry Gilliam film. They're brilliant. <laughs> Nobody should act in them because they are horrible to do. It's awful <laughs> work.
2: His 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 role is like. I thought he he compelled me to watch it. His mm-hmm. his fastest man alive, but is also <laughs> seventy years old. I I love well, Baron so Munchausen. Right. Well,
3: clearly Michael Palin can keep up with him. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, he's
1: the only one, I guess. But yeah, Brazil
3: (laughs) is amazing, and there's the happy ending cut where basically everything's good. It's
2: still the most I've ever paid for one movie. In Mm -hmm. 2001, $90, the Criterion Collection, Uh, with a Suncoast discount, because I worked there, which was not much. nice... 10%, Ten percent, I bet. Uh, it was exactly. <laughs>
0: okay, 10%. yeah. I worked the retail at the time too. It had uh, great extras.
2: I it, it, has, it has, but it has both versions. Love Inter- conquers a all. Love conquers the all. The yeah. like eighty-minute version where it gets a happy ending, and the fucking bummer. Again, one of my favorite yeah. Christmas movies ever. Brazil, the the ext- hyper extended. Let's watch De Niro die. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, not non-love conqueror. The guy ends up in a mental institution, at the mm, bottom yeah. of a nuclear silo. Spoilers. That version. Uh, if you haven't seen Brazil yet, you're not gonna. It's
0: well, been 30 years. And
3: speaking <laughs> of, well, and speaking of, like issues on set. Mm. Uh, Gilliam really hated the woman, the the lead actress in the in the mm. film. Like she she had a much bigger part than what she has in the final version of the movie, but he just didn't like her work. Mm. Uh, mm. But anyway, I also remember when he got they took the film from him yep. and that part of his another part of the campaign was Robert De Niro supported him which is Robert De Niro's awesome even though he's been dirty grandpa for the past <laughs> two decades We're rolling this together kid he's just been cashing the checks but uh, but back then and he still barely does interviews now he mm-hmm. never did interviews before 1995 I think but he was like I'll be on the Today Show and he sat silently while Terry Gilliam just talked about <laughs> how, how <laughs> Brazil got stolen from him and that's wow. all it was like
2: yeah he's I oh, mean he's fucking great in that movie it's one of his best performances because he's actually trying he is he's reading dialogue very fast moving around in a spastic manner Jackie
3: Brown was the last really good film I saw I guess him, I that
2: think. seems like normal De Niro nowadays doesn't it
3: well I guess I'm grading on a curve for that <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah. him and uh, him and eh, I guess in the the uh, the Silver Lines Playbook he's all right. Yes, he's yeah, that was pretty good. Some other yeah. movies we talked about movies before. Oh, by the then. way, that guy got fired from fucking movies, didn't he? And, and I, I don't
2: I don't know. remember how many directors of the original Wizard of Oz had that were fired. Um,
1: <laughs> like three or four mm. total. Some of them, like a couple, were they of all them? allergic
3: to paint? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> good one. <way>. Um, <laughs> I didn't get it. There's uh, Buddy Ebsen, who is actually Jed Clampett, was yeah. originally the Tin Man and had a really bad allergic reaction to the makeup. And to had being to quit.
3: painted with aluminum, who wouldn't?
1: Yeah, have yeah I, sent him to the hospital. I want to throw my
2: hat on the ground and stop it right now. <laughs> just thinking about it.
1: But uh, yeah, thank it had- you, studio audience two directors, I think, that just sort of cycled in and out. I mean, it's during the studio system, especially so MGM. I, I, they're just movable pieces, and they decide, "Ah, eh, we don't like you, you're not doing so great, we'll put yeah. this guy over here, we'll bring in this guy.
2: So I think it's it's just not their own creation. It wasn't a director who brought the project This to is MGM. before the auteur theory yeah. came Well, this in. is before yeah.
1: the auteur theory is introduced. The, the idea behind the auteur theory, that the director is the author of the film, mm-hmm. does start in the studio system because the director doesn't have control of the product, but some directors, through their sheer artistry, mm-hmm. have personal things that come through.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, that's why that's guys like where it starts. yeah, Bog- uh, dudes like Bogdanovich, who before they directed movies, were just presenters of film and film theorists like yep. that's why they loved guys like John Ford, yeah, John Ford. Uh, H- H- Hudson Hawk not Hudson Hawk yeah definitely uh, H- Hudson Hawk yeah. Howard <laughs>
2: Hawk. Hawks H- Howard Hawks
3: thank you <laughs> yeah. God, and, yeah. and Hitchcock they Howard Hawks guys. had his own
2: NES game it was awesome oh, boy. Yeah.
1: No, but some I mean and some of them like they they built up the clout that they could have that power but mm-hmm. when you look at Wizard of Oz you don't think oh that's a Victor Fleming yeah
2: thing. there's no singular vision he can, he's just it's a, a workman Judy Garland picture maybe yeah.
1: yeah well he I mean he's just he's a workman director he could move fast they actually Pulled him off of Wizard of Oz and put him over on Gone with the Wind, who had already also gone through two or three directors. Yeah. George Cukor actually was fired off of *Gone with oof, the Wind* though, oof. which is I know people don't know who George Cukor is. He's a fantastic director, but he was a <laughs> women's director that the female actors all loved, which is a nice way of saying yeah he actually was gay. But, <laughs> okay. uh, Clark yeah. Gable just didn't like him, and he, he walked, yeah, worked everybody... too slow. And David O. Selznick was the real force behind the movie. And and also,
3: why everybody likes him. I would have considered
2: Selznick's yeah. baby. That that was his.
1: Oh yeah. That the, was the what... producer was the actual author of the Mm -hmm. film so when it comes to comic
3: books there were jack kirby and steve Ditko quit before they Mm -hmm. were fired they're just like man f you stanley i'm out of here they they quit but um recently the new 52 Mm -hmm. thing that started in dc in 2011 Mm -hmm. had so much executive meddling that Mm -hmm. a million writers just either quit or got fired Mm -hmm. and artists because they would draw entire comic books that would get editorial approval. They weren't just drawing them and then giving them the editors like, should we publish this? They were told they could draw this mm-hmm. and then they then when they hand in the finished thing, they're like, No, wait, we can't publish this. Draw it again. Like, draw <laughs> do it all over again. And lots of people quit over that. One of the most high profile ones was Gail Simone, who mm-hmm. is one of the most famous women in comic books and she she basically made the character of Batgirl Barbara Gordon mm-hmm. popular again in the nineties. And so she was still working on Batgirl into the two thousands and they told her, Hey, you should write a story where Batgirl, that's uh, tied into this Death in the Family yeah. arc. And she said...
2: It's the best part of the Death in the Family arc.
3: But she didn't want to do it at first. Mm-hmm. and she like, qu- the, like They fired her for not doing it. Really? And then when people found out she had been fired, they hired her back to do it. Oh, yeah. wow. And then she got fired a second time. it and has it, a gosh. happy ending. <laughs> well, not after the second firing. Then, <laughs> no, same, no. same with on Batwoman. The guys quit because they were told... They've been working towards an an approved gay marriage between Mm -hmm. the main uh, character, a lesbian, and her partner. And then they were told once they're getting to the finale of their fucking arc... Oh, nobody's allowed to be married in DC anymore. We don't marry superheroes, any of them. It's not about them being gay. We just don't marry any of them. And so then the two creators are like, man, fuck this. That,
2: that, like, that whole DC saga of like last year was the most old-timey... It feels like the most old-timey television story I've ever heard of, a, a corporation meddling that much. Yeah. In- well,
3: and then go back all the way to the creators of Superman, yeah. Siegel and Schuster... They were working on Superman, and then somebody Ugh. finally told them, like, you guys should own Superman. Like, they're making tons of money, and Dude, you're being they, paid nothing for. They were for it. working
2: artists when they get, like, 150 bucks for they Superman? They were getting
3: freelance page rates, yes. Wow. So mm-hmm. To make Superman. And yeah. so, they sue them. They sue DC. DC fires them for suing them, which <laughs> you could do in the 40s, apparently. Yeah. And uh, then then they just reach, like, a, like a settlement for $90,000, which... Even in the 40s, like, that's not half of what Superman like,
2: was worth. If you think of how much money Superman as a property has generated over almost a century.
3: So then in the 60s, grand. they try to sue them again. Mm-hmm. And then they fire, they get fired again. Like They were still <laughs> writing Superman comics <laughs> in the 60s. Like, oh, you're suing us again? Fuck you, you're fired. And it wasn't until the late 70s, thanks to artist Neil Adams, who was a mega superstar artist of the 70s, he also pushed for DC to do what they are still doing today, which is artist recognition on it. Like, if you if it's a Superman comic, it'll say Superman created Dubai. by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Mm-hmm. Though, also, a side thing to the Jerry Siegel Schuster thing mm-hmm. is that. They were also they were also fired because they were talking about unionizing artists. No, Whoa, and they, that's
1: commie talk.
3: And they made <laughs> the mistake of mentioning that to artist Bob Kane, who is a pile of garbage, apparently. <laughs>
0: yeah, <And Batman> <laughs> who also
3: was a terrible artist too, and just hired other people to ghost draw his comics. And he stabbed them in the back by reporting them to DC and says, and got a better like DC paid him more. And he was the first one to get his name as like, oh no, I'm forever the creator of Batman, even though really the creator of Batman's like three dudes. Yes. And he gets them fired because of it. Like, it's, uh, it's, it's I, what they, If you look There's at the, a ori- million his original like,
2: outline for Batman, it was a very much a bat person. It was uh, the shadow. He's literal. like, yeah, we yeah. should
3: make the shadow, but with a bat. You do it. And and do the rest.
2: Bill Finger so, drew everything. And I'm only reminded of this because that riff tracks that I just saw last night. I hadn't seen the Batman serials. Oh, those are hokey. Oh, yeah. That is his, They are crazy. The Batmobile is like a beige Packard. It's with like a, an Oldsmobile. <laughs> it, is, it is hysterical to see yeah. people driving around in my in my grandfather's car. Like, and Rob,
1: get, get,
0: get the car seat out of there. Yeah, their shit kicked in by everybody. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love that their costumes are kind of baggy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. What, his ears are like his
1: floppy. Ears are floppy. His ears are floppy. Yeah. Oh, it
3: was so good.
1: Although, he's always breaking up Japanese. Inspiring, so <laughs> with black They're and white fun.
3: with black and white films. That also takes me back to Orson Welles, who who was the Shadow? Barely that and already the mentioned. Shadow. Yeah, but, but he no, after Citizen shadow Kane, I don't think he had one like good production. By that I mean he's like easily made production. No. since no. There were problems with every production after no. that. What it's happened? Very
1: next one, uh, Magnificent Ambersons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he left the country to go work on a project. They locked him out of the editing room, and now there is. Uh, like a full reels worth A couple reels worth Of footage That we will never Ever see
0: I'm just remembering He was hired I think after Citizen Kane To do this um, War effort movie In South America Right where in, Was that the one You're talking about yeah, when he, that's left why he left the country <laughs> And he was working On that forever He did not yeah. know How to put it together He was just carousing And spending all of their money And I think that is really What wrecked his career You know that And Citizen Kane The backlash the fact, from that
1: The fact he could Never manage money Yeah Yeah,
3: yeah. He's he's an artist He's a capital A artist and his, his whole life was spent
2: trying to get things into production, to taking acting work, to make yeah. money, to finance these things most of the movie going world didn't want, sorry, the, that, mo- the business some, didn't that's want. That's
3: something I loved about Orson Wells too, that like, he was one of the best actors of his generation, but that's like a footnote to his existence. Like, yeah. he was, he was a, one of the greatest stage actors of his thing, but that doesn't even I, well, matter. On I mean.
2: Amazon Prime right now is a, a, a documentary called Magician, The Astonishing Life and Work of Orson Wells. Oh, and it's gosh, so well done, and like, I've, I've read all the shit about him, but here to watch it come out of his mouth, him to like be at Italy and just trying to find financing for this movie and <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: it's
3: well, not I mean, going well. Akira Kurosawa <laughs> had the same problem. like He could never get financing yeah. in Japan. But in America
2: eventually thing. came to the table for him. Yeah. And Luke, George Lucas yeah, thanks in particular, to George right?
3: Lucas and, Cop- and Coppola. Both yeah. of them helped open the door. But so, the big one for me was Touch of Evil, which is my yeah. second favorite uh, Wells film after *King*. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And it's amazing. I've only seen the one made to his specifications. Yeah. Oh, so I never both. saw the I've never seen the so he worked on the film, directed it, plays the villain/hero of the movie. Mm-hmm. Villain, villain. Yeah, and, villain. yeah. But and they wouldn't the let him plot, do the plot is about an old hand losing control of something <laughs> he used to be great at. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> the plot of the movie. Like he loses control, his character losing control in the editing room, he lost control, is shut out and a finish the but film. The only reason it.
2: he got the project was Heston, right? Charlton Heston demanded... Yeah. It was already in production, but Heston demanded he be involved.
3: And it is ridiculous... Yeah. Look, I'll admit, it's ridiculous to watch it to see Charlton Heston play a Mexican <laughs> like, Yeah. It's <that's>, <laughs> silly.
0: You kind of forget that's what he's playing, like, after a minute. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. and the statement yeah. of the, Nice mustache. The sta-
3: I mean, it's, a, <laughs> it's also a statement about the time that it was supposed to be a surprise that... The Mexican guy, who you're supposed to think is the sneaky evil one, yeah. is the most straight laced in mm. of it. While well, meanwhile, the white old sheriff, he's the sneaky backstabbing dude who strangles people from behind in in, in their hotel room.
1: Yeah. No the 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 biggest change is the opening shot, mm-hmm. oh. which is the this. greatest opening shot. Of it's, all time. it's like a two and a half minute amazing shot. You know, showing you know a bomb being put in a car and then the car driving down the street. Yeah. And people are talking. You Wells's version was all natural sound. He wanted mm. to just be silent. You just hear the car and hear the people on the street, and it would be really tense. Think... And uh, the studio thought that's it's really boring this way. Hmm. There's no tension. <laughs> so how about we get Henry Mancini to do a theme, do, do some music, and since nothing's happening, we'll put the credits over it. And it mm. fucks up the shot. Actually, but... I think that's the
2: only one I've seen. If I'm...
1: Yeah, that's that's the original theatrical. Yeah. A couple, a bunch of years ago, uh, Walter Mersch... Uh, producer, sound editor guy, went back and found this, like, giant memo that Wells went through and said, nope, this is the way I want this, this is the way I want this. Put it back the way Wells wanted it. To be fair, the best way is between the two. Keeping the music and getting rid of the credits would totally Mm -hmm. make it awesome. Yeah. The credits ruin it.
2: I know you can still see it on YouTube, and I think there's another... Orson Welles movie come, like being reconfigured as we Falstaff, speak. Uh, oh yeah,
1: Falstaff, aka Chimes at Midnight, wow, which is yeah being re-released. It is so good. Yeah. Yeah, I love it.
2: It's playing. It's playing down the street. Uh, with with F is for
0: Fake.
3: Okay, oh. but I want the main event here. I want to hear. It from Bob. <laughs> That's why I'm oh, sorry, here, sorry,
0: Bobby. Uh, Bob recommended me the book uh, Sick Little Monkey. Yeah, it's it was, by Tad Komorowski. Please read it if you're interested in any of this. I'm going to say next because it was, it's all stolen from his book. Yeah, it was fascinating, and I've been I think I've been talking with you about it for like three weeks. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: What the fuck? You got
0: Bob Camp to do a commission... I did pay him we should talk about who Bob Camp is this though, is just and happened Stimpy. on Facebook did. like,
2: I didn't even know you were doing that and, uh, then, and then I comment like wow that's awesome and
0: then Bob's like yep
2: what who the <laughs> fuck is Bob Camp responding to something I, was, like I that didn't, that didn't expect
0: that either but uh, so let's talk about Ren and Stimpy I don't know if anyone remembers it it's weird that it could go forgotten but there was this guy and he, he it's still it's on exists. Hulu uh, millennials it is okay. Mm-hmm. okay so if you've enjoyed any cartoon made for kids in the past 25 years you owe something to Ren and Stimpy they, yeah. they changed the animation for kids forever by saying Animation can just be fun. It doesn't have to teach you anything. Yes. It could be something fun to watch. And it doesn't, doesn't have, to have to
3: sell toys.
2: Either. Formulate exactly. and, and
0: that—that—that's
2: the, the moral of the book seemed like what it was trying to achieve was too beautiful to exist within a studio system exactly. or television
1: production well, A lot of budget. it's very throwback to sort yes. of a 40s yeah. anarchic yeah. Looney Tunes-ish. Yeah, sort of, the but termite terrorist like, e- stuff. Even less plot. And mm.
0: that, that's who John Chris Felucy, the creator, is. He's obsessed with old-timey stuff. He's, he was born a 60-year-old man. Yeah. <laughs> he loves classic Looney Tunes, so when Nick Tunes was getting off the ground in yeah. the 1990s, Uh, This executive, Vanessa Coffey She was pitched a bunch of ideas from him And she was like, what about that cat and dog character? Mm -hmm. And um, so all the other characters are stuff He's still trying to sell to people like George Licker And Jimmy (laughs) Jimmy, Jimmy the Idiot Boy, exactly (laughs) But she chose those two characters And they made a pilot, and they liked the pilot Nickelodeon was like, oh, this pilot's kind of weird Like, Doug and Rugrats are so different This Mm -hmm. show is going to be just so weird for kids And the executive, Vanessa Coffey Was like, I will put my job on the line We're going to buy six episodes of this It's going to be so good, you're not going to fire me, you're gonna get more from this guy, yeah. And oh. so uh, the major problem with Ren and Stimpy was this show was a new undertaking for everybody. Like mm-hmm. they had to train animators how to how to draw well again. Yeah. How to train overseas <laughs> people to actually make cartoons instead mm-hmm. of just following stock poses and expressions. Yeah. So um, six episodes were ordered. Those six aired between August of 1991 and February of 1992. Yeah. So if you think The Venture <laughs> Brothers is slow, that's Ren and Stimpy. I, I, I absolutely remember
2: like. Being like excited, it's Sunday at like noon or wherever the fuck they came on. What an odd time for a show to premiere, exactly. Uh, but like, mm-hmm. is this going to be new? And it, and it wouldn't be. It was, for I, yeah, I, I it's It's
1: the pilot again. I, yeah, I the muddy
3: mudskipper one again.
1: Fuck. God damn it! I, I, I that's w- how
2: much I like the show. And I yep. like I, in, in this in the streaming age, I can't even imagine that the show would be so late. Mm. You just sit there and wait. Ah, fuck! It's the uh, you're going to freak again.
0: out when you hear the specifics. So, uh, season one premiered with all the other Nicktoons mm-hmm. next week. Rerun. They yeah. don't have more than one episode they just ready. Show the oh first one. So yeah, over the now, over yeah. five months, there they air the six episodes, and I think it wasn't until the sixth episode, which was dubbed the lost episode, yes. because it took like. 18 months to produce yeah. Stimpy's Invention Ooh, Happy Joy uh, Yeah the nice. best episode That is what made The show catch on fire mm-hmm. And even though uh, They spent a lot of money On the show More than they would Ever spend on any cartoon Ever again mm-hmm. They were like Everyone loves this We're doing something radical Let's just give John Chris Feluci All this power yep. They ordered 20 more episodes For 40 million dollars And that is where The trouble started Because this all went To Chris Feluci's head He was always combative always uh, like fighting against the, the network but he was like I am the most popular cartoonist in the world now yeah. <laughs> they will have to bend to my will
1: bow before me son that, of Zora. that
0: book is is doesn't paint a flattering picture of the no game. he was impossible to work with and I, and I think he is the worst kind of editor or supervisor mm-hmm. where they're not trying to help you grow they're trying to say no do it like me yes. do it like how I would do fuck it
2: fuck it I'll redraw it exactly in a couple
0: of cases exactly in every okay so the big thing about Ren and Snippy I don't want to go on too long about this is it yeah, no, revolutionized buddy. animation because layout was done in house yeah before, you would do a storyboard, send it to Korea, and they would animate it. But in this case, right in Stimpy, you'd like, we're going to do all the poses so no one can screw them up. Yes. And then we're going to send this to Canada, not to Korea, because they we can talk to them better. They speak English. We can, English. Speak to them. We can yeah. actually send someone to Canada yeah. to supervise them. I mean, some stuff was animated in Korea. Sure, but,
2: Nelvana, all that
0: garbage. Yeah. <laughs> but, um,. What happened was every drawing had to go through John Chris mm-hmm. Lucy. He would not see it any other way. Oh so my
1: god. And how many drawings? Hundreds
0: per episode. Hundreds of layout drawings. Episode? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, he would Jesus. just often redraw all of them himself. Like, no, this is wrong. It's <sighs> going to be on TV. It's going to be perfect. So that's that's and the and one the problem. First,
2: the first season and a half, like, where you see, like, You see, log again, and uh, yes, Wild America. It was all like ways you could sandwich
0: in old, finally finished (laughs) animation, and get a little bit of new stuff out of it. Right, exactly. And I mean, they were making those shortcuts. We're like, we need this. We need to make these shorter bits to just kind of squeeze in to make you know the little content we make even longer. So the book pointed, like, I went back and watched the first
2: season, like how many things that John John K did not care about, and how rough some of the first couple episodes are. Like the drawings are amazing, but some of the transitions and like I think it's. His, t- his teeth are over his lip for like three frames there that was like, a lot
0: of like, like okay Korea you don't know how to do good animation we're going to yeah. teach you this is a learning process so eventually they'd be within the shape after a
3: decade shape. of He-Man they don't like
0: they had to yeah. retrain
3: all of the animation. yeah like they
0: were used to taking shortcuts and making a, a crap, crappy product no one cared about Yeah. yeah. but uh, so again John K went mad with power he required everything to go through him. He would disappear for weeks at a time because he didn't want to face responsibility. Oh, he was very Jesus. mean and cruel to artists who were just trying to help him, just trying to get cartoons made. Mm-hmm. So what happened next was, okay, Nickelodeon, we can't do 20. Can we do 13 episodes? Yes. And Nickelodeon's like, fine, just fucking make them. I, so, the amount that Nickelodeon kept ordering was, like, baffling. Exactly, exactly. Everyone thought it was a mistake to do season two after yeah. season one, mm-hmm. even though it was huge. So, again, by the premiere of season two, one episode was ready to air out of the 13. Oh. And that is kind of what broke the camel's back because um, John Kay made this great cartoon called uh, Man's Best Friend, which yeah. never aired on TV
1: yeah.
0: uh, due to content. It is not nearly as bad as you would ever think it was. It was just it's... a reason to fire him, mm. essentially. But it is a beautiful cartoon that yeah. costs half a million dollars to make. And Nickelodeon was <laughs> mad that we spent half a million dollars on something we can't air. <laughs> so it was all this stuff that was building up. And then this was the breaking point. But in the meantime, his partner, Bob Camp, mm-hmm. who took over the show... Um, basically John K. was like, here's my solution to make episodes. I'm going to give the not-so-great ideas to Bob. Mm-hmm. He's going to do them, and then we'll have more content because he can work faster. They won't, he's not as much of a perfectionist as me. And then Nickelodeon was noticing his cartoons are funnier. They're getting mm-hmm. made on time and mm-hmm. for less money than they said they would make it for. Yeah. So they just went to him and were like, would you, would you take over the show? And it was a huge – there was a lot of drama. You can read all about this in the book. But mm-hmm. essentially Bob Camp and some of the other Spumco artists went on to make Ren and Stimpy at first it seemed amicable. They seemed to be parting on good terms. Like John K knew he was going to get fired Yeah. and Bob was like basically like I will do my best to make these episodes live up to your standards because yeah. they were friends. Uh so immediately after I mean, like the, the, after
2: he's fired, like the next the next dozen episodes are all things that John K either wrote or had started, a, a yeah. layout hand
0: in. They all started at Spumco and then yeah. went to Games Animation, which was a company Nickelodeon set up to, to make Ren them. and Stimpy episodes. Exactly. And uh, here's what happened next, and this story's almost over. If you're not interested, no, uh, I'm with you. Now, okay. That's uh, that's what the
2: phenomenon of Ren and Simpy was. They yeah. like, set up another animation studio to continue making this troubled production, and also that it wasn't just well, a hit with children; it it crossed through to like every generation. I so mean, they aired it on MTV. Yeah, it was yeah. on
1: MTV. I think that some more people saw it there. Yeah. And they
2: merchandised the crap out of it that was, too. The, the book, but they didn't. I I think they didn't do that soon enough because by the time not. I was ready no. to, to get Ren and Simpy animation, it wasn't there. They were not I prepared had, for it to be a hit, though. Yeah. Yeah. I
3: had a stuff Stimpy. I, had a giant I still do. The, the, the farting ones. Stimpy.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, did you see my poster? Like, I have three, like,
0: Cadet Stimpy and Commander Hoek posters. I still have my farting Stimpy doll. but, oh, but I still do. So, <laughs> he, Ren's farts don't work anymore. No, my, my, I think Stimpy's farts broke. But, uh, so when John Kay leaves, he goes insane. Like, <laughs> after learning about psychology. Wait, wait a second.
1: Did more. he get space? Madness. Uh,
0: I think it was more Earth-related, but uh, you know, after studying psychology, and stuff, I'm like, okay, he has a personality disorder, and I think he'd be a more productive, sane person if he was medicated. But that's besides the point. He immediately does what you would probably consider harassment. He's like faxing the new company like threats. He he gets t-shirts printed up with caricatures of the the spumko people who stayed behind with them saying nice things about him and like you you stabbed me in the back. Oof. He goes to Jesus. a he goes to a new magazine called Wild Cartoon Kingdom which I have mm. issues of and he ghostwrites an exposé about him getting fired not under his name. Oh, wow. So and there's Fuck. there's things printed in variety the LA Times like mm-hmm. he is going on a full scale I'm going to ruin my old friends like like witch hunts. He's
3: burning every bridge. Yeah. There is.
0: And meanwhile, his old friends are just, like, stunned and, like, shocked. And they're just trying to make good cartoons.
3: And, and
2: I, I think they disclosed in the book, like, how much he was making on every episode. Yeah, like It his... was more than, like, any annual salary I've ever had. Oh, so even ep- once
3: he was fired, he was oh, yeah. still an, oh, yeah. an executive he on He still had a creator credit. So he was getting... Yeah, yeah
0: so... Fully. And they were going to great lengths to make him happy. They're like, we are not obligated to put your name on any episode, yeah. but we're going to because you helped make these. Yeah. And what really sucks is, like, Nickelodeon offered him a job to be a consultant, in which he turned down. He wanted... C- complete control and I think he would have been a great consultant because the best episodes games made are the ones that were started at Spumco the yep. ones that weren't as perfect but they were still cartoons that were being made yep. like there would be no cartoons that would be made if John was stayed in charge of the production <laughs> and there's one anecdote I want to tell it's that uh, Stimpy's Dimension took so long to make uh, one of the reasons was production was held up for one month because John K. could not decide on the color of a gift box Stimpy gives to Ren. So, oh uh, An animation historian talks about visiting the studio Was like, walking into the shiny. He goes in this artist's cubicle, and there are, like, 60 paintings of gift boxes all throughout his cubicle. John One K.'s month. John Kleenexes on his feet and yeah. a huge beard. So I will say, um, the, the narrative is uh, John K. was fired from Ren and Stimpy, and the show sucked. That's completely wrong. That was a narrative crafted by John K. Uh, somewhat, uh, no, no, completely spuriously, but... The show is great after he left Ren's voice is a little different Takes some time getting used Not to a fan of that yeah. yeah But I will say I can recommend you At least 15 episodes From that run That are just so, as good As sure. Spunko stuff
3: what, I think what hurt my I was getting his version Of the story too On the commentaries yeah. Because when they released Them on DVD That was during the time John Kay was back To do Ren and Stimpy Which he also still Could fucking
0: do Nope Those episodes but- Fucking sucks. Yeah, adult, but <laughs> APC adult. So That's they were a fascinating like, footnote, though. So yeah. he
3: records all these commentaries while producing adult, uh, adult, adult party, party cartoon
2: for Spike Television. And
3: but and on his he's he's doing commentary on ones he didn't do of just saying like Ugh, that looks they didn't do enough detail on that character. That's just a character right off of the board. Of yeah, the, of the
0: yeah. everyone sucks but him. He but, he thought up everything. Oh, this and He would have done a better job. Yeah.
3: Like yeah, it was so big and. Uh, the weirdest one was watching him uh, listen to him watch Snippy's cartoon, which is about cartoon production, and yeah. Ren is a character who... It can't create And instead bosses around everybody Like a fascist <laughs> yeah. And then
0: a couple years later And we have a clip of this actually mm-hmm. uh, Games made an episode called Reverend Jack And it's about working with John Kay And in this clip um, So Reverend Jack That's the wrong clip mm-hmm. There you go Reverend Jack is John Kay Ren and Stimpy are the game's animators And Meat is animation So <laughs> Reverend Jack is obsessed with Meat and uh, and but he's putting on these puppet shows with meat for children. But he's too obsessed with the meat to actually put on the shows. Whoa. So at this point, yeah, this it's a great episode. But at this point in the episode, Ren and Stimpy are in charge of this meat puppet show, Ooh. and Reverend Jack is in hiding, like having a mental breakdown. <laughs> and you, Ooh. if you know the story, it wow. makes perfect sense. If you don't know the story, like this is just random bullshit. But wow. um, you can play the clip, uh, sorry, the clip, Chris, because a lot of it is visual because it's Ren and Stimpy. Sure. But you can get what's happening.
1: Tippy, I've been driving forever. The meat's going bad. <laughs> we haven't put on a single show in months. Go back there and see what he's doing. <laughs> oh, okay, the donkey ran.
0: So right now they're going into uh, Reverend Jack's uh, cabin or uh, 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 trailer.
3: Excuse me, Reverend. Uh, 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 oh, 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 oh. Did you bring
0: the toast? Uh. We were wondering... Why don't you have a
1: seat in my office? Go ahead, put on a record.
0: So a lot of this is how uh, John Kay is obsessed with old-timey shit. Yes, <laughs> which I do love about him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there are many jokes about in this episode about him, like uh, the fact that he has a square ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> at, at some point in this episode, uh, he gets his ass squared by Ren and Stimpy, because I guess there's a theory that they had that like the best animation directors have the flattest asses. <laughs> <laughs> So so much of this does not make sense if you don't know the story, but if you go into this episode knowing the story, and it's, it's great animation, it's a funny episode, but just knowing that it's about John Kay mm-hmm. and what a lunatic he is. Yeah. And at the end of the show, uh, Ren and Snippy have taken over the show, and the last shot is of Reverend Jack throwing rocks at, rocks at them. <laughs> so, wow. like, it's definitely, like, you can see, like, every part of it uh, taking place. It's, it's fantastic. So, yeah, and the, I guess the epilogue is... John Kay has never made anything good after that. No, and no one wants no, to work with no him. Because even when talking to you, I'm, I'm a defender of John K. I do
2: like his stuff, but you're. we, we watched the Simpsons couch gag recently. And yeah. What was your, like, none of it makes sense. It's intentionally ugly in a way that, like, animation doesn't necessarily have to
0: be, but that's become his style. It has. It just, it's visually hard to parse i think mm-hmm. and that and that is like even when you reading that book he's like john k was not a good animator mm-hmm. he was good at drawing expressions and then forcing animators to pop between them yeah the in-between stuff but um he could not really animate well mm-hmm. and you can see that when you watch those uh Treehouse of four things i know you disagree mm-hmm. with me but i think Which like ones? oh no um, I
2: just, I, I just, it's just it's a unique style i the part of what the book points out you can't take away from john k he's the first animator anybody knows
0: in fifty years, yes, I will not deny his genius and, and brilliance. I read but... an
3: interview with him pointing out. He says, "Up, up in his generation, they said if there's a new Chuck Jones, we'll give him the power, but yeah. we don't trust anybody doing." He's like. Well, how nobody can become that Chuck Jones unless they take that mm-hmm. yeah. take that power, and that is what he did. And but
0: yeah, and I will say Bob Camp is like a great guy who works in animation to this day. He did storyboards for the Peanuts movie, oh, wow. and like I just got a commissioned piece of art from him that's fantastic. It's like he's so good. He's still is an artist. He still knows how to draw, and like he's still proud of everything he did. And I'm sure he's pissed off that. He could not comment on his episodes on the DVD. Like, there there oh, people... Really? Tra- yeah, I mean...
3: Well, because it was back to Spumco. But he's not the only person
0: like involved in every detail of every episode of the Yeah, show. they just got John K. And, and, he and, was the, like, and, oh and the creator
3: of Cow and Chicken, because he was a sycophant for John K. who loved him. and was talking about... Also on those commentaries, there's kind of a gross thing where a new young woman animator who he hired is on there. And I'm like you're putting the moves on her in this commentary or you're already fucking oh her. yeah john Kay, and
0: this is not libel because it's been it's been it's been printed everywhere he has a thing for the ladies and apparently uh, a lot of that run and snippy money goes to facelifts i see people commenting on him like is john is john buying another facelift because like he's a 60 year old man who looks oh, yeah. like he's maybe 33 oh, So. Yeah. He's got a I, lot of problems yesterday. But Get some help. Get some help. I love finding out that there was this feud going on. Yeah. Like kind of still ongoing. Like, no one... You yeah, Bob, that- Bob Camp is the nicest guy, but he's like, I will never talk to him again. I don't want anything to do with him in my life. He's a horrible person. That wow.
3: also takes me back to the... I feel like they were also working out those demons during the... Do you remember the Ren and Stimpy one where they were selling Stimpy's um, cat uh, fur balls? Yeah. Yeah, and just, there were there were multiple episodes about grueling productions that destroy people. Like the, <laughs> the, the book
2: talks about like all these things that like that John Kay would put in that were slams on the network, and it's like we get it. But there's no kid who's going to get your yeah. prob- your direct problems with notes yeah. from the network. Yeah.
3: Yeah. If we're like, putting all this stuff on here, like the executives were supporting yes, more you more than not. You're
2: spending three weeks to make a slam against us so that the whole world will, will fall yeah. out of their and the rest of the viewing audience. And, and, and uh, Simpsons yeah.
3: took several shots at them because he took shots at them first, saying mm-hmm. that writers aren't animators and he would only hire people who could draw. Who they you couldn't be a you couldn't write yes. a Ren and Stimpy if you couldn't draw. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, yeah, some of that then, stuff I, I do admire. I admire, I admire uh, the him hiring
2: hi, hiring writer animators because I can't imagine there's a lot of them and they're hard to find. Yeah, I mean yeah, that's I, the staff
0: was so small.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I, I appreciate the dedication to animation and mm-hmm. stuff, but I saw an episode of the Ripping Friends.
0: Oh, that sucks. The so
1: timing gross. on it is so. Bad and It's
0: and an that's, awful that, cartoon And, that's,
3: that's, and again I, Unproductive too Like it, I, it, There was like Four episodes It's just this. weird Going
2: wow. for 20 years Of my life Loving John Kay And see, hearing bad things About yeah. him And then yeah. you just Have to look at Ripping friends And like This is him unrestrained Yeah, yeah. And, and, the, new and the new Ren and The new Ren
1: it just hard to watch. The,
2: the new Ren and Stimpy that the story the story was the exact same like right when it starts out. Here's the new season. Is any
0: of this ready? Well, we got one. We <laughs> Actually, got, they had two, they which had I two. think was like a, like adulterated with live action footage of Ralph yeah. Bakshi. And then
3: one they just Aww. fucking did. I was like, no, we're just going to draw tits in this, but we can't air this.
0: Yeah. So there's yeah. one that can not air. There's one that's not done. There's one that's 45 minutes. That's that will <laughs> test your limits of Ren and Stimpy. One last thing. Uh, games Animation. Their logo is Stimpy as a milkman. Yeah. Uh, you might think like why is that yeah. well, when John K left the show he's like they might as well give my cartoons for, to milkmen to draw oh. and originally wow. originally Stimpy was going to be holding a bloody knife in one hand that said stabco on it
3: wow so oh, the
0: game's man. logo is a shot at John really? K that is beautiful he called I them milkmen yeah I do love that yeah uh,
3: boy god damn it well that's,
0: that's I, okay I just expunged all my random Stimpy yeah, knowledge there's I feel up,
3: there's I mean like Hideo Kojima just got fired. Yeah. From, oh yeah, from I think that's Konami. what spurred
0: some of this on. That was
3: pretty bullshit. Just the, but I mean, he was, he was, the last of the old cowboys being put out when I, it comes I, to. I game don't even know that it was like
2: we're firing Kojimas and we can't make games on Kojima's budget anymore, and therefore there's no bus, there's no business for this department to exist if we're not going to use them.
3: Well, it's also. I think it could be a cultural difference because mm-hmm. the way the how Japanese people fire people yes. fire executives are high ranking oh, people I know. compared to America. <laughs> well, same deal with like uh, um, Sakaguchi, mm-hmm. the creator of Final Fantasy, so powerful and high ranking in Square Enix that he got them to spend hundreds of millions of dollars to build oh. him his own animation studio mm-hmm. to make the first Square film, mm. the bi- like the the most. By amount of money lost The most unprofitable film Of all time I Is a Final think Fantasy movie it, Yeah Even and, adjusted for inflation uh, I,
2: I think I remember coming Like when we did The most expensive everything mm-hmm. Like that movie Made like 10 million dollars And cost 200 million Yeah And yeah. he
3: got shoved And they didn't Fire him so much It's just like You just sit over there And you get to do nothing From
0: experience You get demeaned yeah. Until you quit I would have preferred The movie to be bad It's like the blandest it's, movie Made for no mm-hmm. one And it's it gorgeous Yeah <laughs> It's yeah. gorgeous It's all on the screen it's beautiful
3: and then meanwhile, when it comes to films, mm-hmm. I think one of the least interesting films of last year, but one of the most interesting behind-the-scenes stories we only got a fraction of, mm-hmm. was Josh Trank and Fantastic oh, Four, boy, yeah. which he technically wasn't fired from. He's yeah. the, he's the So they make a Fantastic Four film to fulfill a contractual obligation because if they don't make an FF film within a decade, the, the rights go back to Marvel. So they have to make it. Mm-hmm. Fox signs off on the filmmaker of Chronicle draw Josh Trank mm-hmm. his idea for Fantastic Four film
2: you can clearly see two different ideas at next some time.
3: point during production they decided Josh Trank is making something we don't want and they do massive reshoots mm. like you can see Rooney Mara's hair just changed just has a terrible wig on <laughs> after the movie and it's a completely different honestly worse movie in the second half when they have to change yeah. it but then there's all these like he shits he said she said behind Mm -hmm. the scenes like josh trank is a drug addict who couldn't finish anything and then oppositely them saying fox gave him no support but i hope then josh trank gets fired from a star wars film his next project was gonna be i believe rogue one right well yeah maybe or he was gonna work on one of the solo films yeah one of the, the and he gets fired from that but disney's like we just changed our minds. Like, you know, nobody's fired. No, I remember, like, I remember just, like, it was happening to
2: during poop. the Star Wars like, days, and it was that he had a cold.
3: Yeah, oh, he's got and a cold. And that's why he's not it's, here he's to talk about this film. He's got uh, the this. This uh, It's the same with saying, like, this Steve is suffering from exhaustion. <laughs> She's so <just laughs> the, I, I didn't
2: even has, has everybody here seen Lost Souls? It's on Netflix right now. I've oh, seen oh, most of to, it. The story of the island of Dr. Moro. That is very much a creator being fired. Oh, yeah. Because the whole first third of the movie is all about how he... Richard Stanley, who's made movies I've never seen but I'm dying to now, uh, "Hardwired," and I forget the rest of them. But uh, he, how he wanted—he loved *The Island of Dr. Moreau* and wanted to make that into a movie his entire life. And he finally gets to, and New Line decides at some point, well, this is going to be our tentpole film. Because they've been independent up until that point. Freddy Krueger and Ninja Turtles, uh, they wanted a big tentpole film. And it just explodes to the point where he gets fired off of it, resorts to witchcraft. <laughs> um, and everything you And I love that everything you remember about that film is all Marlon Brando being a diva. Well, Put the, an man. ice bucket on my head uh, Get me that midget I want him in every shot With us the Like two, he's here for one day Marlon The problem like, was the, ah, Every shot I want everything built Around this little guy <laughs>
3: so you can, Yeah it had The curse of having Two prima donnas on it Because uh, now, Marlon Brando Val, Val Kilmer Val Kilmer. And Van Kilmer Val Kilmer Or Marlon Brando Is enough to make A difficult film shooting Yes You have both of them Like it's uh, it, it, How could you it's Even so, make in that, a movie in Like
2: just that Period of like Three years Where Val, Val Kilmer Was allowed to be A dick like that <laughs> mm-hmm. He's cast <he's laughs> like. Let that happen he's cast as a lead and, he, and Richard Stanley tells a story like and then I go over to uh, Tokyo because that's where I have to meet to him because he's doing doing press for Batman he says I don't want to work as many days so I'm going to quit <laughs> the film or or you have to like c- cancel all my scenes you're the main character so they, Val Kilmer at his most popular is a side character in this film yeah. because it's the only way they could work it out they had to fire I think James Woods <laughs> he had to take, had to take his role um,
1: yeah, he's for someone who's built so high in the movie mm-hmm. he doesn't really affect the plot much and he's not really there but Hannah
3: dies pretty early but yeah. the, the poor,
2: film poor is ruined
1: poor has to carry so much
2: the film is ruined kind of by uh, a hurricane and Val Kilmer and then just the director's fired spoiling part of the documentary and then they move on Talk about Bulk trying to leave, like trying to (laughs) escape the production and
0: can't because they threaten. You know, I love that that clip. It's like she was so excited to talk to Marlon Brando about like what they're going to do in their scene. He's just like he doesn't give a shit. I have not read the script. I don't
2: care, and neither should you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But that that the director's fired, and here I'll leave you hanging because watch it. It's on Netflix. Uh, He's supposedly escorted to a plane, but what happens when he doesn't leave the island?
3: Mm. And the production
2: goes oh, on with a, with an old timey John Frankenheimer director and maybe mm. the directors living in the woods somewhere around the production <laughs> um, they
1: say he's in these woods to these days that's I guess
2: also he's in the fucking movie He snuck back on set <laughs> in the outfit of an extra so he plays a dog person and like even people on the set who were like wouldn't want him there's like I do absolutely remember all right cut. Man, that guy's never taking off his mask. It's like 100 degrees out here. He's not drinking anything. He wow. like just never takes uh, off his mask. The, wow. It's such a cool story. Lost Souls, it's on Netflix right now. Anyway, we've been lasertime Time. Go to LaserTimepodcast.com for more of this kind of chicanery.
1: Oh, I can throw out one classic one oh. here. Um, I think the worst thing that ever happened to a movie when it comes to, like, getting taken away from the director, mm-hmm. Eric von Sturheim's Greed mm. was originally five hours long. Uh. It was released at just under two. wow. And I will say, just under two, it was really good. Really?
2: But nobody,
1: I don't think the rest of the footage exists. Could make an
2: awesome Netflix series. (laughs) Something like that.
1: Yeah, so let's cut it down by what? That's like 15% of the originals, 20%. Yeah. Wow. Five yeah, hours we have to, silent movie.
2: We have to shut it down, Diana. I apologize, um, but hey, you have another I just fire want to throw that out. You haven't <laughs> no. fired, Diana. Except yeah. you have another podcast that I'm you do here on back a regular on basis. Wearing a beard. <laughs> you, have, you have another show to promote now. <laughs> I do thirty,
1: twenty, ten. I'm on that one. I right? yes. get to talk about old timey stuff. A pop
2: culture time machine bet- uh, between twenty years, thirty years ago, twenty years ago, and ten years ago in that particular week in pop culture history. It's really cool, and it sort of base has a basis on a feature
0: in another show that we do, Bob. Uh, Talking Simpsons. Oh yeah, I like that show. I'm on it all the time. In fact, you might say I host it. Yes. And, and you like the... talk
3: about animation.
2: Oh yeah,
0: I do. I think I think I've suckered Chris into making several animation related shows. And Talking Simpsons is the ultimate example you of that. You say
2: suckered, but you walk through my hallway. <laughs> That's I have, true. I have <laughs> Plucky
3: Duck
0: animation cells and
3: Care Bears. It's not.
2: You hard might be about more
0: it. obsessed with, than me. Chris. I'm not obsessed. <laughs> but it...
3: uh, and if you like when I talk about comic books? There's Cape Crisis, the weekly comic book podcast I do every week. And if you uh, wished, we talked about more wrestling. There's a weekly wrestling podcast as well. God help you, Jeep <laughs> Podcast, <laughs> as well as video games, because we just talked about video games too. That's Video Game Apocalypse, uh, which Diana is a widow too, and, yeah. uh, and also VG Empire, where we talk about exclusively video game music. All right, I have
2: no choice but to close out with a Beach Boys song because recently uh, Mike Love <laughs> fired Brian Wilson from the touring Beach Boys group. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Wow. Not from the band. The band doesn't really exist. No. It's like yeah. it's like Santa's helpers. They go around and tour and <laughs> tour malls everywhere play and, Kokomo. Play, and play Kokomo. Uh, <laughs> but yeah he, yeah, he fired Brian Wilson out of the touring group of the band uh, from all the songs he's written, from performing all the songs he's written. Uh, but yeah, we'll close out with a Beach Boys song. We've been Later Time. Tell a friend. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs>